0: This was a series of sermons preached by Aaron Hale at Riverside Bible Camp in the summer of 2023. The theme verse for the week was from Ephesians 2 8 and 9, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, it's great to see all of you. We're already into uh, Tuesday, and so we are going to continue on in our study in Genesis for a bit. Uh, As I said, there are some more things I want us to, to look through together um, but real quick, before I read some from Genesis 2, just reviewing some of the questions that we've looked at, hope you guys kind of reinforce some things we've been learning. Um, so where do you learn how to love and obey God? You guys can just shout these, I'll be to review In the Bible. Bible. In the Bible, all right, thank you. And we talked about this one in the uh, Reach for the Top game, so who wrote the Bible? Can shout it out. God and God. God to people, yes, we, the, the official answer is that holy men who were taught by the Holy Spirit. So yes, God used these writers to bring about his word to us. And um, number three, how does the Holy Spirit bring us to salvation? uses the Bible, which is the word of God. He uses the Bible, which is the word of God. So um, you remember Paul talked about in Romans, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. This is why you might wonder, like, why does he reach so much Bible? Why is there so much scripture? Well, I believe that it is the scripture that the Spirit of God uses to bring about faith in our hearts. And so that's why you guys need to be constantly reading it. Alright, and, and yesterday we talked about um, God, specifically from Genesis. So, um, are there more gods than one? And you have, No, there is only one God. And yet, within this one God, there is a plurality of persons, which is difficult for us to understand, but this is what Scripture reveals. And so, then how many persons does the one God exist? Three three persons, and the name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we refer to that as the Trinity, exactly. So, you probably noticed in the little books, we're kind of just going through the questions. Um, in each part. We won't look at all of them in chapel, but I hope you guys are just reviewing those as well. So today, we're looking at creation, and I want to read some from Genesis 2. And you can turn with me there. So we, we read all of Genesis 1 yesterday, and part of Genesis 2. Now remember in your Bible that the the chapter and verse divisions We're not part of the original text. These were put in later to help us navigate the scriptures, find verses more easily. So very useful. But sometimes we we tend to stop at a chapter and maybe we should keep reading to get the complete thought. And so I think actually verse 4 of chapter 2 kind of concludes the first part. The generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God made them. So verse 5 of chapter 2, we have sort of this uh, zooming in effect. On the creation of the man and the woman and some of the unique instructions that God gave them all right so we're going to pick up at chapter 2 verse 5 and this is Genesis 2 so we read when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground The river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It was the one that flowed around the whole land of the Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon; It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, and so there we have the. Uh, specific account of God creating the man and the woman and the unique instructions that he gave to them and this again is the uh, more specific detail of our origins and I believe this is historically true this is not just uh, a story made up to entertain children or some sort of myth uh, likened to Greek mythology I believe this is our beginnings. This is how it actually unfolded. And there were an actual man and woman named Adam and Eve. So we've been looking uh, a bit at some of the foundational doctrines of the Christian faith. We've looked at the, the Bible as the inspired word of God, of uh, God's unique revelation to us, the special revelation, right? Um, we have the general revelation of creation, the special revelation of God's word through which we know him. And we looked also at uh, God himself. Who is this being? Um, who is this one who is eternal, who is self-existent? Who is the one who, who brings everything to existence and who sustains us day by day? This being we know as God um, is the one true God. So today, I just, um, with the time that we have, want to think a little bit about what it means that we are created by God, and what it means that we are created as man and woman. I think in some ways, humanity is sort of like Dora off of Finding Nemo. You guys all watched, I'm sure, Finding Nemo at some point, right? Uh, classic, oh, I was becoming a classic, I guess. It feels like a new Disney movie yeah, to me. I mean, we grew up with like, Beauty and the Beast, and Cinderella you know, <laughs> and all these, we got those are like ancient, those are actually hand-drawn. Uh, movies back in the day. So Dora has this problem what's Dora's problem? Dory! Dory. Dory. What? Dora? Dory? Dory! Is it
1: Dory? Dory? Dory. I'm thinking of Dora the
0: Explorer, I guess. Oh my goodness. Dory. My apologies. Yeah, I have Dory's problem. I'm forgetful. That's her problem though, right? Um, she's forgetful. She forgets where she's from. She forgets what, where she, you know, why she is where she is, and, and her family, and of course of the, the sequel to her story. And I think in some ways that um, humanity is like that. We have forgotten where we've come from, we've forgotten who we are, we've forgotten who made us, why we're made the way we are, and, uh, and, and, and yet here in the Bible, I believe God gives us an insight to understand these things. Maybe you, uh, at one point, woke up in the middle of the night and wondered where you are. Has uh, this ever happened to you? Um, sometimes happens to me. Maybe while you're at camp, you wake up in the night and you're like, where am I? I? This doesn't feel like home. And it kind of takes you a minute to reorientate yourself, right, so, to remember where you are. And, uh, and, and, and that's sort of what I think needs to happen for us in this, in this culture and time when it comes to our identity as image bearers of God we need to be somewhat reorientated to who we are and how we are made. Uh, now this is a little technical, but listen to how the, uh, the, so I referenced the 1689 Confession of Faith. This is how it summarizes the, the creation of man and woman. And we're gonna kind of break this down a little bit, but it states, after God made all the other creatures, He created humanity. He made them male and female with rational and immortal souls, thereby making them suited to that life lived unto God for which they were created. They were made in the image of God. They were endowed with knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness. And they had the law of God written upon their hearts and the power to fulfill it. Even so, they could still transgress the law because they were left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. So there's a lot packed into that paragraph, but that's exactly what we're seeing here in Genesis Um, we are created unique from the rest of creation and we see that after God has made all of the things that we see he has taken the emptiness and he has brought order to the chaos and he has filled it with life and this is something very important to understand about God he is a life-giving God he is a God who brings order from chaos light into the darkness And these themes run right throughout the entire scripture, and I hope you're beginning to see how in Christ we see these same themes picked up only in high definition. So God fills all that he has made with beauty, with life, with order, and you notice after each day that there's the statement God says, and he looks at what he has made, he says, it's good, it's good. I mean, if you guys have drawn a picture, or painted a painting, or maybe you've done a homework assignment, and you get done, and you look at it, and you're like, man, I am happy with that. That is good. This is, this is going to do well. And uh, God had that same feeling as he looked on his creation. And something very unique we saw in, in chapter 1, when God created the man and the woman, he said, not only is this good, but this is very good. He is extremely pleased with his creation. And what are some of the things that stand out to us about the creation of the man and the woman? Now, if flip back to chapter 1 quickly, we get a hint uh, in verse 26, and this is absolutely foundational for you to understand who you are as one of God's creatures and what sets us apart from the rest of God's creation. I mean, you've probably noticed, and I'm sure in many ways you've been affected by the lie that we are here to serve the creation, that we are part of the problem, that we are actually in the way of creation flourishing, and and so there are people with the agenda to basically um, to minimize human population. We talk about oh, the world's overpopulated, it's such a terrible thing. These people are like a plague, We're like a virus in this beautiful planet we've infected. You see, that's not a Christian understanding of humanity. You are the capstone of creation. You are. I'm doing oh, much. <laughs> bringing us more food. <laughs> yeah. Um, You are the capstone of creation. You are God's crowning act over all that He has made. And when He looks at it, He says, Very good. Not in the way, not a problem, not something to be exterminated. And creation was given for your flourishing. In fact, the man and the woman were told to have dominion over the earth, to, to, to multiply, to fill this earth. And so the idea is they are made in the image of God, and God wants his image to cover the earth, to fill it, so that it reflects back something of himself. Now, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Um, it's not in our questions, but um, one of the, the questions is, um, in regards to... Oh, uh, well, my brain just went playing for a second there. with that? Um, sorry. The... Um, Made in the image of God. Wow, sorry, my kind of train to derailed on me. But um, uh, apologize. Wow, well, I'm so um, So we 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 are made in the image of God, and this sets us apart from from the rest of God's creation. Now, now as we look at this, um, this is actually the basis of our dignity, of our worth, of our equality as man and woman. Does it say that just the man was made in the image of God? Or just the woman was made in the image of God? No. It, it says the man and the woman, both were made in the image of God. Alright? And, and what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And, and I think that's where I was going, was that one of the questions in regards to God himself is that he does not have a body like men, so what does it mean to be made in the image of God? if It's not a, we're not a physical, so much a physical representation of God, though yes, Christ became a man. It it has to do more with, as the the statement said there, we are given a soul, so there is a part of us that will go on living forever, the animals do not have this. We are given a sense of, of holiness and righteousness in our original state, We are given the ability to commune with God, we are given an awareness of of spiritual realities. I mean, why is it that that we see humanity so obsessed with religion and spirituality and and things of the unseen world? We don't find that in the animals, it's a human thing. Why? Because the Bible says God has put eternity into our hearts, we we bear His image, we are are made to know Him, we are made to delight in God, and that is foundational, in fact, all of the talk of equality today. um, Do you see what our culture has done? They have told you, and, and you are being told this through every possible medium that there is available. Through movies, through music, through the education system, through the political system, through the justice system. They are constantly telling you that in order for you to truly be equal, you must do and look exactly the same. Right? So, they, so today we have basically said in order for a woman to be equal to a man, she must essentially become a man and do everything that a man does and that, in that way be equal. But you see, that's, that's foolishness. Because the Bible gives us a foundation of true equality. And what is it? It's that we're made in the image of God. We, we are made to reflect Him, to know Him. We, we, we reflect His wisdom, His, his creativity, uh, His holiness, at, at least in our original state. So if you understand that, that your dignity, your worth, the basis of your equality between the sexes is rooted in the fact that you bear the image of God, then you will be able to disregard so many lies that come at you. In our current day and I know you're in a stage of life right now where you know your bodies are changing and uh, you, you're maybe becoming more aware of even evils in the world struggles in your own life you're, you're facing temptations that you never faced before you're experiencing hurt perhaps and and, and so it can be a very disorientating time in your life but I want you to know that you're not the result of random accidental occurrences billions of years ago. You are designed uniquely, you're designed beautifully by your Creator, you are the capstone of His creation, and He has fashioned you in a way that you would bear His image like no other creature on the earth. And so our uh, questions today are around creation. So the first question I know is is uh, very obvious, but let's review them anyway. So who made you? Uh, answer, Yeah. God made me. God made you. Nice. And what else did God make? Didn't God make everything. God made everything. Exactly. Very good. good. God made all things. Now, the third question today uh, for review is why did God make you and all things? Oh, yes. To fill the earth and to praise Him. Yes, that's true. To fill the earth and praise Him. Um, the, the answer specifically is kind of. More pointed, but I will I will definitely give you that. Um, the answer is simply to to glorify him. <laughs> so, which is my Him and obviously doing what he commands. Because another question, um, it's not in here, but how do you how do you glorify God? The answer is by loving him and doing what he commands. So, if you understand those three truths, you are here to glorify God. And you you live that out in your life. You're actually miles ahead of the, the greatest minds of the world today that deny the existence of God. Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom um, to to the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom to acknowledge Him. This is why you're here. So if you think of maybe uh, think of you guys all know what a, a combine is, I assume most of you combine for harvesting grain, right? Um, So it has a specific design, doesn't it? What's it designed to do? Harvest Harvest the grain. It's designed to thresh out the seed from the stubble, from the straw, and it puts the seed into the hopper, and it spits out the straw or chops it up right out the back. What if you took a combine and you said, you know what, I think this would actually work really well for picking rocks out of the field. It's got this nice header, just rolls everything in. I could just drive around and pick up rocks with it. Good Mm -hmm. idea? Not so much. I mean, you're probably going to destroy a half a million dollar machine by doing that because it's not designed to pick up rocks. It's designed to thresh out seed, right? It has a specific design. What if you took a hockey stick and you said, you know what, I think I could probably brush my teeth with this. Good idea? No, it has a specific design, doesn't it? It's made to play hockey. I mean, you may find some other uses for it, but that's obviously what it's made for and what it ought to be used for. What if you took a can opener and you said, you know what, I think I could probably trim my nails with this can opener. A <laughs> Good idea. No, it's a bad idea, isn't it? If you're going you're to mess up your fingers badly. It's not designed for that. So we understand in a very real way that, that things are made with a specific purpose, with a specific design. And to try and use them otherwise actually ends up in destroying things. And so as we look at this, we find that even in the the making of us as man and woman, yes, we are made equal in the sense that we are image bearers of God, We we are the crown of His creation, we are therefore equal in worth, equal in dignity, equal in beauty, but we are given unique roles to play within God's created world. And that's why the distinction is important. You see, when I was... a kid growing up as a teenager, uh, I think maybe more of the push was, um, you know, women's right in the sense that women would just be able to do all the things that men could do and fair pay and, and, uh, you know, women shouldn't be home with the children and this sort of thing. It was kind of the women's right movement. But actually, we've gone far beyond that in our current culture. I know you guys are living in this world, you're seeing this every day. It's gone far beyond that. What you're being told now is that actually there's no such thing as man and woman. It is just a construct of society. It's just a figment of your imagination. And so actually, you can move between the genders as much as you want, whenever you want, and it doesn't matter. And in fact, the man and woman is far too, uh, far too uh, exclusive. There are almost infinite genders, it would seem, according to our current government uh, education system. In fact, just a few years ago, there was a law put into place by our federal government and, and I, i'm not trying to to scare you but i want you guys to be aware that this particular issue i believe is something that we will probably see pastors jailed over uh, if you're going to hold fast to the scriptures to the teaching of god's word you will have to stand trial in some form you not actually in a court of law but in, in front of friends in front of peers in front of classmates in front of professors in front of uh, maybe a job interview. It could cost you any of those things. Because listen to what this particular law, Bill C-4, this just recently came into law in Canada. And it says, speaking of conversion therapy, so it's all cloaked in very good sounding language, but it says, whereas conversion therapy causes harm to society because among other things, it is based on, and propagates, listen to the language, myths, and stereotypes about sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, including the myth that, ho- that heterosexuality, cisgender, gender identity, and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions. What does all that mean? What they're saying is that if you believe that you are actually assigned man or woman at birth, and that is to be preferred over some other preference, that that's a myth. It's a stereotype. And our federal government is putting this into law so that, I believe the the, the, the hope is that even for a church or a pastor or a teacher or a parent to tell their child, listen, God has made you as you are. He's made you a man, he's made you a woman, this is part of his design or his image bearer, to even say these things in our country is becoming illegal. And we need to be aware of that. And, and, I, and I want to encourage you, once again, that God is wise, he is good, he, does not, he is not looking to, to rob your life of joy, to rob your life of beauty, to rob your life of purpose. In fact, it's the opposite, remember? He is the God who fills life with beauty, he brings light into darkness, He has designed you, He knows you, and so if we begin to alter His design, it doesn't bring about freedom, it doesn't bring about uh, a greater sense of identity or purpose, maybe for a time you feel that, but actually, sadly, for many people who go down these roads, the the, the suicide rates go way up, depression goes way up. Uh, Many people are saying now that they they, they went along with a lot of these agendas, and and later in life they realize that actually wish they didn't and they try to come back and, and, and no one's talking about some of the real pain and confusion and hurt and devastation that comes why? because we've rejected who we are according to the word of God now, I just want to turn as we close here uh, we need some time for oh this is to be fast uh, some time for uh, devotions yet. Psalm 139. Um, this is one of those psalms you need to uh, just meditate on and uh, and really just pray that God would really instill in your heart to give you the sense of, of what David is saying. Psalm 139, verse 13. He says, For you formed my inward parts; you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And we talk about biology, and yes, you know, the the, the process of a baby developing in the womb. And we just tend to to reduce everything down to the scientific explanation. But underneath all of that, there is this God. And David said, he has knit you together. He has made you specific, unique. He He has made you as you are for a specific purpose, as his image bearer. And this is a beautiful thing, and we ought to find comfort and and a sense of identity and purpose in that. And what's incredible is this very psalm is quoted in the New Testament in reference to Christ himself who became man. So in Christ we have the creator God, who was there in creation, making all things, stepping down into his own creation, identifying with us as Man and woman. Christ becoming a man that he might redeem us and restore us. And in Hebrews 2, verse 5, it says, For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we're speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? you made him a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. we see Christ identified with us that he might redeem us, restore us, and once again fill us with the purpose and design we were made to have. And so may we continually come to Christ seeking to let him tell us who we are and to look to him to bring renewal and refreshment and understanding. And we're going to continue to look at this in the days ahead. So let's pray and we'll close there. Father, i come before you. And Lord, I know that our time is uh, still very short, but we thank you for your word, and I pray as we consider your creation, specifically of us as men and women, that you would help uh, each one here, Lord, to understand this is part of your good design. This is not a a result of some sort of bondage or limitation, but actually is a beautiful gift, and I pray that we would truly receive it as such. And Father, I pray that you guide us to see the wonder of Christ himself coming down to this earth to identify with us as humanity and that he might redeem us, that he might bring us to himself and restore us to our purpose for which we were made, which is, Lord, to glorify you in all of our life. We ask this now in Jesus' name. But you, O Lord, are a sheep about me, my glory, and the lifter of my hand. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his glory. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode.